2020, the year where stickers magically turned into tamper-proof seals. This is the World According to Kyle podcast. Welcome, everybody. I uh, feel compelled to, to let you know you can connect with me on IG at KyleMax86, on Twitter at Kyleverse, at Facebook, uh, KyleMax. All right, let's get things uh, started. Now, uh, normally, as you may or may not know, I separate my podcast into two sections, one being uh, normal news and one being sports news, TWA. 2K Sports is always the uh, latter portion of the show, but I feel as if there is uh, one of those moments where we are intersecting the world here, and uh, I will start my podcast with a sports topic that also intersects with uh, just normal news and world events. Now, that topic is um, Rose Nami Yunus, a.k.a. Thug Rose's knockout uh, during the UFC her, the UFC title fight against uh, Wei Li, uh, the Chinese uh, uh, former title holder of um, the strawweight division. Now, I felt as if that was uh, one of the more um, uh, politically charged uh, sports moments um, of all time, ever since the uh, ever since the miracle on ice. I felt like that really uh, intersected both uh, politics and sports, and I felt it. Ne- I feel it necessary uh, to give a shot out where all these. Uh, all these sports leagues uh, are trying their best to put out some sort of um, equality and uh, diversity and uh, women's version of what they're doing, whether it be the WHL, uh, the WNBA, the, uh, the lingerie football league to a lesser extent, let's just say. Uh, but like, I feel like all these, uh, um, all these um, sports leagues are trying their best to put out uh, women's versions where the UFC is having women compete in their uh, men's league, uh, in the men's league and putting them uh, a normal men's events and, having it be a fucking success. Like I, uh, uh, I want to see these women fight. <laughs> like I want to see Amanda, Amanda Nunez. I want to see Mackenzie Dern. Uh, uh, I want to see Rose Nama Yunus. I want to see, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, like all the, like, and that's just the, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. So, where all these other leagues have uh, failed and um, and created um, products that aren't working, uh, the UFC has created something where uh, we can have women compete and uh, not have it be like uh, a joke, uh, and and uh, not have it be like we're watching um, a lesser product because like you can put these fucking fights in main events like last uh, the last UFC two of the three uh, main events because they were all title title belt uh, fights were women's and they were and they were fucking great so. 
UFC has really nailed equality where um, everything else has failed. And, uh, it, it, and if you were a woman, you should feel incredibly proud of uh, uh, Thug Rose's uh, transition to a uh, title holder. Like when she got fucking um, pile drove fucking down to the ground and got uh, not, not knocked out in her, um, in her uh, rise back up to be able to, um, to get that, um, to get that, uh, that title belt in uh, the battles and the fights that she, that she had to fight. That was an incredible moment, incredible sports moment uh, where politics intersected sports and uh, in such a way that just uh, made you feel like, Freedom wins. And, uh, you know, at, in the last episode of this podcast, we were talking about Asian hate crimes. And uh, this is the type of podcast where we will denigrate uh, hate crimes against Asian. And we will celebrate uh, head kicks uh, to the head of communism <laughs> and freedom winning in the end. And uh, in sports where people actually give a fuck about not uh discus luge arrow shooting and becoming professionalized in uh sports that people don't give a fuck about uh every single other day of the year but for some reason once every four years decide that that's worth caring about no 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 we do not consider that a uh athletic achievement if um and i noticed that it's always the uh less sports driven uh um uh populations of countries that they're really likely to be great at things that uh are very obscure and uh people don't care about so i felt like that was uh something that intersected both sports and uh regular news and politics and uh you know just kind of uh what's going on in the popular culture narratives uh so again stay tuned for uh twa2k sports at the end of our regular show but we shall get on to our regular show now uh since when did Twitter start asking, uh, do you want to read an article first before you post about it? I guess uh, my one friend told me that uh, they started doing this like a few months ago. <laughs> it's like, well, what Twitter? I just want to post an article that reflects exactly what I think without having first read the article. Is that too much of a problem? Uh, Twitter. Apparently it is. And now it asks you, uh, do you want to read the article first? Before? And, and, and my friend told me this was a couple of months ago. I could, I use, uh, I, I usually uh, read articles, but sometimes I want to post something and it's like an article that I'm going to read later and uh, already kind of um, uh, parrots uh, a narrative that I think about. But for some reason, I just kind of putting that in the on my timeline in order to remind myself to uh, to go and read it later. So, uh, yeah, Twitter. Uh, what the fuck? Like, I just want to post an article that I didn't read about and uh, present it as my own thoughts. Uh, so, yeah, a uh, L against doing that. And um, 
Speaking of Twitter, uh, I wanted to comment on this in the last couple episodes, but uh, we kind of got overrun on subject matter. So let's uh, kick it down to this. So there, there was this tweet that uh, that Ninja brought up. This tweet is on September uh, 15th, 2020. And if you are unfamiliar with Ninja, he is a uh, professional gamer, an e gamer and uh he felt compelled uh at this point on september 15th 2020 uh to comment on uh the nfl and kickers and uh i know this is another uh intersecting sports in life uh section but we're just gonna have to deal with that because every uh now and so often sports does reflect life And so he tweets, I don't understand how kickers just uh, dot, 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 laughing, crying, laughing, crying, laughing, crying. So Ninja, being a professional uh, gamer, uh, feels like uh, like for kickers to, say, miss a um, 40 yard field goal, that that is just uh, completely unacceptable uh, to Ninja. To Ninja, who, um, who, mind you, uh, does not uh, do uh, anything noteworthy in um, the athletic department, and there is a reason why gaming is um, is not viewed as a form of uh, partaking in sports at the moment. It's because video games are designed and created to make physical movements easier to do. When you are um, swinging a bat, when you are making a pass in hockey, you're not actually doing the thing that requires you to do that. You are pressing X or A on your fucking D-pad. You're not actually doing that thing. So for a guy that's uh, a, quote, professional video gamer, end quote, whatever the fuck that means, uh, for for him to uh, denigrate kickers like they like it's something that's uh, easy. Um, you do know that when you're kicking, uh, you have to uh, compensate for environmental factors like uh, wind, like snow, like rain. You're not just pressing A or B and trying to hit it within the fucking exact range and stopping like you act like fucking uh, video gamers are some sort of uh, uh, gift to society. Are they making society better? Like what would video gamers be good at if it wasn't for video games? Um, Thumb wrestling. Uh, They would be great sewers. Like, you act like a video game is like um, a perfect um, reflection of hand-eye coordination. It is not. It is a, is a, is a reflection of eye-finger or eye-thumb coordination. Like, uh, like I said, if you weren't good at uh, being uh, gamers, what would you be? Uh, would you be professional athletes? No, you would be fucking uh, sewers. You would be working in fucking sewing factories <laughs> and, and stitching Nike look. Like you would be really sick at that. Trust me, bro. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> for a video gamer to think that he can all of a sudden just, uh, just uh, like how it, how it's such an egregious, uh, egregious mistake 
for a kicker to shank a fucking 40 uh, yard field goal is fucking stupid. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's one of the dumbest things I've ever uh, heard in my whole life. Uh, straight up and down. Like, I mean, you should, and go ahead, get, uh, you should try to be, uh, get good at something, which is actually, uh, actually reflects, uh, physical athletics. Unfortunately, that's where video games are going towards, and you're not gonna like it when it does, uh, come out where video games are, uh, more melded with, uh, with physical activity because, uh, in case you haven't noticed, uh, we and uh, 3D environment and video games, um, augmented reality video games are slowly but surely going to do that. And you know when video games and e-gaming will become a serious sport is when those things do fully integrate into uh, into gaming where augmented reality, where it can tell you, oh, hey, you're uh, hitting a fastball at... Uh, you're hitting fastballs at 60 miles per hour, but you can't hit them at 80 miles per per hour. That that is when video games will become serious as sports. And when they become serious as sports, these fucking thumb wrestlers are uh, not going to like video games anymore. They're going to fucking move on to something else. And uh, all of a sudden, video, uh, you know, video games will be will become uh, uncool to them and whatever uh, lazy ass activity that they're doing, uh, that they're fucking doing minimal activity to uh, attempt to accomplish and then pretending like it's uh, comparative to somebody who's actually fucking doing the activity. Uh, until then, we'll let, we'll let you guys have your high but fucking there's a reason why people watch NFL football and not League of Legends because it's not on the same fucking platform. It's not in the same environment. It's not the same uh, type of skill. And it's actually uh, in the real world. Thank you. So that's all that I really have to say about that. Uh, I just felt it was necessary to bring it up. I forgot to bring it up on my past couple of uh, podcasts. And um, yeah. Uh, sticking with the uh, internet, I think about how stupid like the YouTube uh, dank videos are, like the dank memes. And then I think about there were like thousands of more videos where people fail at doing the stupid thing that they posted in the video, like fucking uh, trying to knock off a, a cap or get a, a bottle to tip upwards. Think about it. The inter- that is the internet in a nutshell. You are uh, posting uh, one snippet of like uh, that you got correct of the thousands of attempts you made to do this stupid thing that you felt was necessary. And that's the majority of the internet right now is that it's an idealized version uh, of ourselves where we post our... Uh, our uh, snipes, we post our nailed it and uh, the thousands of other things that we did not so necessarily uh, necessarily nail, we're just, uh, that's in the recycling bin of our uh, internet history somehow. You know, I would just like uh, some person to, um, some dude perfect fucking to, post like the 300 times he missed that that shot uh, leading up to the one time where he nailed it. It's like, bro, 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 
because uh, that would be more accurate reflection of uh, what actually happens in trying to do these things. Now, I would be remiss if I did not mention the 800-pound gorilla in the room, and that's Rob Ford and the Ford government and uh, their complete fucking botching of... uh, the uh, COVID-19 battle and how we're going to battle COVID-19. I feel like uh, it's just um, a complete reflection of where Canada is uh, politically and uh, mentally uh, right now at the time. Like, like you want to talk about uh, systemic issues and uh, systemic failure. Do you want to know what real systemic failure is? It is when Canada is so, as a country, left of center that even our conservative politicians are liberal fascists. Um, That is systemic failure, where even Rob Ford, who can run under a... uh, 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 economic, uh, pro-economy conservative can uh, implement uh, policies which are uh, which are fascist and to the left of center. So even when we vote for uh, we, when we vote right of center, we still we still get a extremist uh, left government. That is systemic failure. And not to mention that um, uh, the PC party is where whereas what he's running with. PC standing for progressive conservative. And when I say progressive conservative, I don't mean that as a type of schizophrenia. I mean that that is an actual fucking political party in Canada. That is a fucking failure. And we botched COVID every single step of the way. And it's just reflective in uh, the grand scheme of things and overall uh, point of view that the government, when you pay them a lot, you're paying for a shittier product when uh, you compare it to privatization. Look at NASA and uh, Elon Musk. Look at uh, fiat in digital currency. All these things, uh, look at the types of rockets that uh, Elon Musk is able to uh, produce when he's, uh, when he's doing his tests and look at it compared to, compared to what NASA is producing. When government's objective is to save money, like when you have um, the, the uh, a line of attack in Canada in uh, our healthcare system is when our healthcare system is stressed even a little bit, even marginally, that uh, the rest of the citizens have to do things to uh, make to make it better. Whereas in the states, when you have the concept of freedom grounding what you're doing, that uh, that um, it's it's less likely to to be able to be overrun by fascism because the people have to decide that that's what they want to do. And on a state by state level, it can be different. And the states that are the most liberal and the states that are the more left to center are the ones that are dealing with COVID improperly because they're just uh, reacting to uh, to to the dilemma. They didn't act aggressively uh, quick enough. And at the end of the day, it's just like 
you're just uh, when you when you don't have a country that at the end of the day embraces uh, freedom as a backbone of every uh, citizen, then it can get trampled over and it will get trampled over in times like this, in times where uh, we are not at our best and we are not running functionally when we're uh, when we have when, when shit hits the fan, basically. When uh, when shit hits a fan, that's how you see people's true colors. And uh, for Canada to completely fall apart at this point in time just shows you that this demented confusion of uh, socialism and freedom is not working. It's helping line the pockets of a few fucking bureaucrats, uh, uh, like the one percent, and that is, uh, and that is the only people it benefits. And it's surprising to think that it uh, has lasted uh, this long. What sort of benefit are we having from embracing the sort of uh, Euro-style uh, government? Europe doesn't give a fuck about us. They fucking, uh, well, how high are we on the priority of uh, getting vaccines? And uh, by the way, we're not able to produce the fucking vaccines here in Canada on our own because our government is suppressing innovation. So how how does uh, Europe, who's producing these fucking vaccines, how much do they care about us at the end of the day? Well, America has fucking half its population vaccinated and Canada doesn't even have 25 percent. So uh, what good are we doing by uh, uh, by being connected in uh, this sort of way? Why do no, do we not just embrace uh, the idea of freedom? And I think we get the... Uh, we get the misconception that uh, going to more Americanized, uh, 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 Americanized country that embraces freedom, that all these um, fucked up problems with the uber capitalist uh, societies would somehow uh, happen to us. But it's just like the way America approaches it is a state by state issue. Like, uh, for instance, if Ontario wanted to still have all these uh, bylaws and shit in place where, uh, where, where there are these, um, hardcore uh, red tape uh, for business, you could still have that in a, in a, in a state run thing. You just, the only thing you wouldn't have is you wouldn't have fucking bureaucrats telling you what you can and can't do. Like that shit's completely up to, uh, uh, up to the voters and it's not up to the government. The government deciding what's, what's good for businesses is not working. They're just picking and choosing winners in this game. Uh, okay. You're a gym. Uh, even though you make people healthy, we don't feel like that's important because we're, uh, bureaucratic snobs who were grown up in academia and uh, the closest thing we had to lifting a dumbbell was uh, pushing a book to our face and sitting on our fat asses, eating fast food uh, for the past 10 years is their idea of, uh, quote, healthy lifestyle. Uh, and if you look at these uh, health ministers, the ministers of health and all these fucking European countries, uh, they don't appear to be the healthiest individuals. So uh, I would take Joe Rogan or over any of these motherfuckers and his opinion on health over any of them any day of the week because uh, he's a lot healthier looking than these fucking uh, decaying fucking cadavers uh, that uh, are speaking to us about uh, what we should and shouldn't be doing from a health perspective.
And it's always children and mental health that are the last legs of politicians have to stand on when they're doing something out of uh, selfishness uh, and uh, complete greed. What a fucking shit show. Um, our government is responsible for more loss of life during the, this pandemic than restaurants or uh, individuals could ever hope to be. I guess it's just a giant ironic coincidence that uh, every time the schools open back up, that cases surge. Uh, oh, but it's for the kids' mental health. Bullshit. When's the last time you've seen a kid sadder they had an extended time off of school? Uh, literally never. That's all I have to say about that on the issue. Uh, hopefully we just get the vaccines out sooner than later. And maybe uh, sometime um, this decade uh, I will be able to um, lift a weight or fucking uh, go outside camping, uh, even though uh, we're following protocols. But some protocols are more important than the others, like the places all these fat fucking bureaucrats go to stuff their faces with greasy fucking food thank you that was all for now and uh, <laughs> april was a fucking busy month now was it uh i can't believe that this uh topic has gotten pushed down this far <laughs> and, but that just uh, so happens uh that it was uh out of the virtue of happening earlier in the month as opposed to later and uh that was the derek chauvin uh, verdict now um if uh, you were paying attention, that was what caused, uh, and even in uh, Canada, uh, that was what caused a lot of the uh, Black Lives Matter riots and uh, upheavals and um, not so necessarily in Canada riots. I felt like many of the people were peacefully protesting i didn't see any stories or hear any stories of uh you know violent acts or, or anything like that so so far uh so far as we could tell from what happened in toronto at least there were um it but it did cause um protests and it, the um the police officer that killed george floyd uh, by suffocating him uh, with his knee to the neck during a, quote, uh, arrest, uh, not, quote, execution like it should have been. And uh, it's a good sign. It's a good sign that America is starting to come to their senses uh, with with these things. Like, um, from my perspective, uh, I think that anybody with a um, with a large amount of power over somebody else should be punished harder for these um, incidents. That have, it's not really an incident, like these killings. Uh, same thing with uh, that uh, uh, one shooting that happens. Like you can tell from the body cam that the kid has his hands up, and he was shot after he had his hands up after he surrendered. Like. With more power comes more responsibility. You want to be a police officer. You want to uh, get good ta get good good benefits, have a good paycheck. Um, you want to do something that's hard. You have to. You have the power, all the power in the situation. You need to be punished harder, not softer, uh, because you're doing the government's work when things go absolutely apeshit, like the amount of damage, the amount of monetary uh, 
and sociological damage that occurred from uh, one fucking guy, one fucking um, uh, closeted uh, racist fuck. Uh, the amount of damage that that one person was able to create is unforgivable, right? I mean, like, I get the impression that uh, a lot of these... Um, a lot of these uh, police officers are just angry that they missed their uh, coffee break or something like that's your job. You're supposed to defuse these situations. And when the person runs away, he's getting more charges when he gets caught. But that doesn't mean you can fucking like bust fucking uh, 60 shots in the air to try and endanger every everybody else's lives to uh, try to try and get this guy. I mean, if he happens to be faster and stronger and outpowers and runs and runs away and runs away from you, that's what happens. Is he attacking? Is he attacking you? Uh, that's a different that that's a different story. Uh, where are you shooting him? Like um, if he's just running and putting his hands up, you cannot shoot somebody then. So with great power comes great responsibility. And instead of police getting charged uh, lighter for these situations when these altercations occur, they need to be punished harder and you need to take a firm line uh, against that shit. Cause that right now that straight up is abuse of power and, and the, um, the fallout of uh, what can happen as a result of that is monumental. It can literally break uh, society. It can over, it, it, it can destroy cities. It can destroy states. So I'm glad to see that things are finally turning for the better. Life in prison is, uh, that's honestly like a good outcome for him. He should face the death penalty for uh, having the power that he did in it in the way that he did to murder an individual uh he either was he either it was the the dumbest um um the dumbest thing he could have did at uh, the time either he was like which isn't true but like giving him get, like looking at the uh, possible extreme either was extremely stupid uh, way to um, arrest somebody or it was straight up murder and either way either 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 of which should be unforgivable if you're just so absent-minded that you're uh, on somebody's uh, neck causing uh, suffocation or you're doing it intentionally either way if you're that stupid to fucking do something like that you need to uh, stupidity should not be uh, rewarded that's the end of the story Ooh, how's it going, everybody? So, uh, another story that happened. This is more recent. Um, so, the Saturday Night Live cast having a problem with uh, Elon Musk guest hosting. It's like, what? Are they uh, mad that he actually creates uh, something worth consuming? <laughs> are they salty in that regard? Uh, no, I uh, I do not feel like that's something that, uh, like, they're clearly just jealous that he's a billionaire uh, mentioned by their uh, reactions to, uh, to, to him go to, like, he's, 
he's not one of these people that's an out of touch billionaire. Uh, he went to Burning Man in a Darth Vader costume. And so he would be disguised so that he could actually go to Burning Man and talk to people and party and like, not have it just be, uh, about him. Like he goes on Joe Rogan, smokes a little bit of weed and has some drinks and, uh, and has a good time. Like, He's not one of these people that's a completely out of touch billionaire and for the cast to paint him in that way, doing a show that uh, it has been just hemorrhaging in popularity since uh, the good old days like uh, Eddie Murphy, Chevy Chase, uh, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, fucking uh, since those guys uh, that has that has just been an absolute fucking tank since then it is a little bit uh projection it's a little bit reflective of uh of how they feel about themselves and their inability to create a product that uh that people actually want to consume fuck i was born in 86 fucking uh almost 35 fucking uh i i, I remember a time where mad tv like I, I i was more mad tv was more popular than fucking saturday saturday night live that that's the most I can remember. I can't even remember a fucking time where Saturday Night Live was, uh, was, uh, extremely popular. It was literally fucking when I was uh, t- uh, too young to not remember. And for them to be to trashing a guy who's done so much good for the world and is inventing, uh, out his ass and is a great, uh, uh, role model for people to uh look up for in overcoming adversity and shit like that for like uh you know it's just kind of like it really shows how uh, uh how little you think of your own uh ability to create something that you have to um get super offended by what elon musk said and what he said on Twitter and what he said on Twitter is just, oh, let's see how live Saturday night really is. It's such a fucking innocuous and uh, vague statement. It wasn't like he, you know, uh, he was uh, trying to uh, trying to say he was going to do anything like uh, there have been plenty of times where people didn't say that and have just fucking uh, went off on uh, Saturday Night Live on Sinead O'Connor uh, and just uh, and just. Uh, uh, made a complete uh, mockery of uh, how live quote Saturday really is. What's Elon Musk going to do? Use it as an opportunity <laughs> to uh, promote some sort of cryptocurrency that he's on? Uh, yeah, it, this guy's uh, this guy's uh, mind is into too too much uh, uh, technical shit to worry about. Uh, to, to worry about exactly uh, what uh, political statement he's going to be trying to make at uh, uh, for the Saturday Night Live. So my advice to the SNL is to just chill the fuck out and be glad that uh, you're actually making money and on TV because <laughs> your time is, co- is coming up very soon. And uh, when people find uh, the next um, sketch comedy program that that uh, isn't just peddling social justice. They're going to walk to that shit and you're going to be gone. And uh, so just chill out. I mean, you know, Elon Musk is not an out of touch guy. He's not a, uh, he, he's not, he, he's not a fucking uh, dorkish uh, uh, fucking uh, 
unrelatable individual. Uh, and I think he should be at least given the credit where he's just saying something off the cuff and it's not like he's like really means it. He's just being fun and playful and trying to promote your show. Sorry. <laughs> okay. That's out of the way. Now, uh, I also, uh, seen this other story in Brooklyn where, and this is an example of how news can uh, uh, skew and can uh, create language around uh, and distort uh, the reality of what actually happened uh, with the situation. Now, I think this was in Brooklyn and uh, the uh, title or the heading of this was uh, Woman Gets Run Over by a Construction Vehicle. Okay. And uh, so I was watching the video. I was looking at the video. And so the woman was jaywalking diagonally through the middle of the street and on her phone and only looking at her phone and fiddling with her phone. And she walked into, not got, got ran over, walked into a, uh, a construction vehicle, like a bobcat that was used to, to dig and to ex, uh, excavate. So she walked into the back of it, and it just so happened that um, the driver was backing up. The, there were construction pylons up. They weren't up everywhere, but she fucking walked into the back of this vehicle. He happened to be reversing at the, at the same time and ran her the fuck over and she died. Now I know that, uh, it's a tragedy. I know that, uh, maybe it could have happened to a lot of people, but I mean, these things are hard to see around and you're not going to see somebody that's maybe shorter. That's behind it. Like, uh, you should not be walking directly into the back of a vehicle that is still operating. You're not paying attention. That is not the vehicle running somebody over. That is somebody running into the back of a vehicle. <laughs> it's the complete opposite of what happened. And that's how news can skew reality. And I hope that that guy does not get fired or like that could like I work with heavy machinery. I mean, I take my precautions and look behind me, but if someone is directly behind me while uh, the, while I'm backing up and they just jump right at like, as a person who is not operate, uh, not operating heavy machinery, who is near heavy machinery, uh, you want to take a little more caution than that and operate around the zones of, uh, where you could or couldn't get run over reasonably. And that's your responsibility as someone who, um, has survival instincts. Uh, <laughs> so I, I hope he did not get in trouble. Now, there was another story where uh, a um, so there's this uh, highway in Canada called the QEW. It's called the Queen's Elizabeth Way. It runs through like Hamilton to uh, through Niagara Falls to Toronto. And I guess uh, uh, somebody got crushed by a uh, sign, a road sign, you know, those like kilometer signs that say you're X kilometers to uh, this road or town or destination. Uh, 
it's like uh so i guess uh uh um a crane that was doing uh, construction was uh, going from uh, one exit to another, going to from one um, uh, uh, region to another construction zone, and uh, he uh, his um, his um, his claw or whatever hit uh, the top of a one of those signs, and talk about bad luck. Uh, <laughs> the one of the uh, one of the sign fucking collapses as his uh, as uh, the claw hits hits the pole and the sign comes crashing fucking down onto a guy's vehicle who's likely headed into work that day and there are a few people who are actually late for work that day at my work who were affected. Who's like their uh, <laughs> their uh, journey was affected by that which had just happened. Um, now that's a little bit of a different uh, story. Like, should he have been uh, should he have been uh, instructed to go from one place to another? Uh, they should should they have or should they have not have the uh, whole section blocked off? This guy could get time in prison so uh, he could get up to 12 uh 12 months in prison for uh for um for killing for killing this person but uh on the other side the guy should have like i mean you know hey if a guy with a um with a crane is uh cruising by you know I don't know. It's a tragedy. Uh, it's not like the woman who was uh, walking into the back of a uh, fucking uh, uh, heavy machinery. This is a, this is much more of a tragedy than that because in her case, it could have easily been prevented. Uh, <laughs> and I've had these situations too, like uh, where I'm living. There's these. Um, deep uh crosswalks where like when you go and walk across the street it's like a little more inside it's not like exactly uh exactly parallel to the curb of the street so sometimes like if you're walking across the 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 driver if they're turning left has to uh has to drive a lot before he reaches a crosswalk and uh so some so i had one situation where a driver was uh just didn't even see me and kept going and uh even though i'm in a crosswalk because he had to take a time to uh go into his turn and i guess the pole was block was blocking me because it's not parallel it's not flush it's deeper in so the way i was walking the pole was blocking me and he was fucking around whatever and didn't didn't see me it's like uh and they uh, and they expect you to uh just oh hey sorry buddy like uh, uh I, I was not paying attention and almost killed you uh so hey what if i uh pulled out my glock and started blankly at your car oh yeah i know i could have killed you but uh i just felt like shooting my glock in the air in the direction where you were going so there's a lot of different uh, situations and uh, things you can get into uh, on the open road, and there are some. It's all qual it's all qualitative. It's all on what actually happened, uh, not exactly cut and dry situations. And that's a major problem in Canada is that Canadians aren't really worried about getting shot. <laughs> they just think they can just say, "Oh, I'm sorry." Uh, Hey, uh, sorry, I almost ran over you, buddy. Uh, if you're saying sorry more than like 
once a fucking day, you're probably a really big fuck up in life and <laughs> you should strive to say sorry less, t less times instead of just, uh, oh, blase, uh, I almost ran you over. I'm sorry. Type of things like I, as a Canadian, uh, strive to say sorry, uh, as little as possible. Because uh, at the end of the day, when you're saying it as much as most Canadians, it, it's me, it's a little more meaningless when you don't say it. When I say sorry, I want it to fucking mean something like, oh, hey, shit, my bad. Uh, <laughs> that was truly a genuine fuck up by me. Uh, I am sorry, not just oh, sorry and casually going about my day, um, not paying attention to shit and almost running people over. <sighs> All right. So uh, now is a little... Uh, uh, a little time for some story, uh, a little story time action on uh, the world according to Kyle podcast. So um, I want to talk about these one would call some might call uh, pyramid schemes. And I'm the type of person where I like to kind of like dip my toe. I like to get, I like to just dip my toe in things from uh, time to time and uh, kind of just, just get my feet wet, you know, like no big deal. Like uh, it's not uh, like my, uh, like, like, Tim Dillon would call a uh, fake business. It's not quite fake business. It's real business, but, uh, you know, I might take my toe out of that pool. You know, <laughs> I, I, I might take my foot out of that water. I just kind of want to get it wet a little bit. I want to get it wet a little bit and uh, kind of see what it's about. And um, so that was kind of what I did with this uh, multi-level marketing uh, thing that uh, I um that I was into uh, last year. Um, I think, uh, and I realized a lot about myself uh, doing this that, and who I am doing this. And it's just one of those things where I, I don't mind doing things that are new and doing things that are different and just seeing how they operate and seeing uh, how they work. So uh, we're going to tell you a little bit about this. And uh, as uh, per tradition in uh, the TWA2K show, we do not uh, name names unless it's uh, we really need to. But I will just describe the situation without naming uh, naming the company or anything. And because uh, I don't feel like this is so egregious where I have to really call somebody out for it. It was just more of a difference in uh, philosophy and a difference in who I wanted to be uh, with my life that uh, I wasn't going to get into. So <clears throat> I was at the gym and uh, I was in the sauna and this, uh, this, uh, this guy talked to me. He was like, Hey, he was like, Oh, Hey, I got a business. Why don't you, uh, check it out. I'm making tons of money, blah, blah, blah. So, okay. Hey, Hey, I'm interested. Hey, you're making money. It's like, I, I may be interested in doing what you're doing. So, uh, I hit him up and I find out, um, find out what he's doing. Right. And I guess, uh, so he's selling products, uh, vitamins, uh, health stuff, uh, uh, food, etc. through, uh, through this company. And, uh, the, the way they generate money is by 
a tier based system and having um, uh, having other uh, you know you're recruited by somebody by somebody and then you recruit others etc 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 and uh, you try to talk to as many people as you know and get them to buy their products mostly health products um snacks um like vitamins uh shit like that it's just uh it's just basically a sales uh thing where uh and so they have meetups and they have like so you meet at this person's house and they will organize another person's house where you meet at and it's weird you just you just go to these things and they basically just say the same thing uh time and time again it's like a repeat uh performance it's like uh you know you went and seen uh, eddie murphy's uh, delirious and then you go and see delirious again like you know exactly what and again and again and again and again and again and you know exactly what's going to happen they have higher ups that are making like that are have thousands of people under them and uh that are that are doing uh talks less frequently and so you go to these talks quarterly and then they uh the um, subordinate uh, who's like got hundreds instead of thousands uh, in the region that you happen to be closest by does the uh, regional talk, which you go to, uh, you know, um, instead of annually, you go to it quarterly and then the guy, your uh, municipality, uh, you go to, uh, you know, monthly, etc. So it's just this, uh, just the way that they broke it down, I liked, where it was like, um, uh, you know, you got paid according to the volume that you brought in, not necessarily how long you've been there, or like it was a direct reflection of, um, excuse me, of, uh, it was a direct reflection of uh, how much uh, volume and how much sales you did, which... I liked, I liked that, uh, aspect about it. I liked that it was, um, uh, uh, that it was, uh, uh, that the amount of money. Is, so if you, uh, did more in sales than like the top guy who's doing the annual once annual, uh, lectures that you go to, if you did more in sales than him, then you would make more money than him. It's not, uh, it's broken down, uh, completely according to that as, are many other things like uh, uh, YouTube uh, uh, and other um, algorithmic based um, operations, which uh, pay you according to your productivity, not according to anything other. Uh, so I just realized about myself that uh, I'm not a salesperson. I do not like artificial conversations. I find them very boring and like my mind is always wanting to get to uh, get away from them. I never want to participate in these. It's just it's just not my vibe. I do not like having these uh these fake fucking conversations with people where you're just uh you have an underlying goal in the conversation and uh it's gonna get got to <laughs> eventually it's just uh when they were talking about uh uh where i was like 
struggling with not struggling, but I just didn't want to go to this level was, uh, okay, you have to, uh, take everybody from your Facebook and, uh, and send them messages. Uh, and, uh, and, and if the, if they don't want to buy your products, then they're not valuable to you. And that's just not, uh, I don't want to be that type of person. I want to talk about things because I want to talk about them. Uh, I find it very hard to sell things that uh, I don't absolutely believe in. Like if I really believed in your product, I felt like uh, I feel like I can sell it. But uh, if I do not believe in your product and if I do not believe uh, uh, if I think I'm just like honestly being a puppet to try to try and sell something, then I can't like uh, my mind just like is not going to put its a game into it. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, maybe it's just more of a reflection of me, but uh, I find that uh, if I was going to do something like that, if I liked it, then I liked the breakdown. I liked that. It was, uh, it, it went according to um, how you were, uh, how, how you're performing and not uh, necessarily um, any other superficial aspects about, uh, about it. But I definitely realize that I am not a salesman. <laughs> I can, I can, uh, I, I can do other things. I can talk about uh, news. I can talk about topics, but I can't, I can't fake the funk. I cannot fake the funk. And now that I'm going to use as a segue to lead into the final segment of the show. This segment of the show is called, This is Not Financial Advice. Because uh, I go through many shows that uh, always feel like it's necessary to reiterate the fact to me that it is not financial advice. But uh, those type of um, people and those type of shows seem to have the best financial advice. Now, I've uh, gotten into um, savings funds and mutual funds before, and now those were people who uh, propagated that they were giving me financial advice and that I was actually paying for financial advice. And, excuse me, those uh, financial advices I got were quite shitty. And uh, were quite um, uh, detrimental to my overall portfolio. When I first like hit 20 years old, I was like starting to pump money into uh, savings and stuff, and uh, um, I created a mutual fund. I was like putting $350 a month into it. And you go when you're first off on your own in the world, you go, okay, uh, uh, what am I? Going to do how am i going to grow my money oh hey people invest oh hey what uh banks uh do investments called mutual funds you want to get into it uh oh i'll take the experts advice now i learned a very hard lesson from that because all i did was fucking hemorrhage money uh tons of people i uh i was reading uh authors who were gaining money during this time and all i did was lose 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 money uh taking quote experts financial advice again i come to realize that um experts main concern is not to give winning advice it is to not look stupid it is that is what ultimately if someone comes on 
projecting to be an expert, uh, especially in the financial field, that uh, they they do not want to look stupid. And if your portfolio loses five uh, percent each month, that's that's better than risking on uh, on something that could uh, hit you a uh, hundred times and only um, but only do so ten percent of the time. And that was a hard <laughs> lesson that uh, uh, I ended up learning. So with that in uh, in mind, um, that sometimes the people who tell you this is not financial advice will be the ones who give you great financial advice. Uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, uh, a little secret I have that uh, that may or may not turn out to be uh, great financial advice. <laughs> this is not financial advice. So uh, now let's get one thing straight. Um, uh, we're going to talk a little bit of cryptocurrency. Now, um, I missed out on Bitcoin. Uh, full disclosure, uh, it was popping off during the course in time where uh, I was kind of rebuilding my life together. Uh, but uh, it, it was always something I kind of kept in the back of my head. Like, uh, and I seen it rise and kind of, um, I've just been getting into cryptocurrency uh, in 2020. Um, I literally made my first investment uh, in 2021. And now, um, now let's just say to scale back a little bit, I cannot help but admire the Bitcoin bull run chart over the 2010 to uh, 2017, 2018, 2019 uh, run. I cannot help but uh, admire uh, what Bitcoin has done. But uh I do like when I'm looking at it, when I was looking at investing right now, this is not financial advice. When I was looking at investing uh, 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 right now into cryptocurrency, I did not feel that uh, Bitcoin at the price that it that it is at right now. So plus 50K USD is uh, not a worthy investment. Now, uh I felt that other cryptocurrencies were a better investment than Bitcoin because there's all I see. Okay, so Bitcoin solved one major problem, right? It solved the payments problem. And uh, but in solving that problem, it created a hundred more other problems. Uh, how like it's owned by someone who's anonymous. Um, the uh, uh, amount of coins is limited. The way that coins are quote mined end quote is uh, is ridiculous. Um, like so, when you're mining coins, like each um, box of coins, uh, which gets ratioed up until like the uh the last coins like it gets smaller and smaller before you get 48 coins uh for for guessing the uh for quote mining correctly uh end quote that you would get uh, 48 bitcoins now they ratioed it down to 24 as a supply limits and it, the supply is supposed to be up totally by uh, uh, 2,148 a year, I believe. But either way, the supply is extremely limited. Uh, and the way that you 
mine these bitcoins is by uh, having uh, computer systems guess at uh, what the code is to unlock these uh, bundles of Bitcoin. And um, the uh, the environmental impact of, uh, of these mines that are in operation is unbelievable. It's like taking all of the worst uh, problems of the old world and like creating a new world, um, a new world platform to <laughs> to to embrace it. And I, uh, the more I go into it, um, I just do not feel that uh, investing in Bitcoin right now, like it could hit 100k. I do, I do not doubt. I do not doubt. Maybe it can hit 100k, but investing into it right now. There are better cryptocurrencies to invest in, and I don't necessarily think that uh, investing in Bitcoin now, with the hopes that it can get to 100k, is uh, is worth it. I think that trading Bitcoin right now is like playing hot potato with a fucking uh, hand grenade with a pin unplugged. Like event, eventually, it can blow up, and it did fucking blow up. That's what people don't realize is that okay. During um during the pandemic, uh Bitcoin lost like ninety five percent of its fucking value. Uh, it went down to like uh like two k. Um, why? Everything else that was uh, internet based, that was technology based, uh, was gaining during the time. The only things that were losing were cruise ships, were fucking uh, casinos, were fucking uh, restaurants, uh, uh. Uh, a product that is supposed to be a, uh, uh, quote, uh, future technology that we're all supposed to, that we're all supposed to be gonna, gonna be using and fucking like that is supposed to be widespread. Why did that lose so much money if it's, uh, if it's such a great fucking technology? It's because it's not. It's because it's fucking volatile. It's because it is an experiment. It was an experiment. That created a hundred more problems than it solved, but it's the only thing that people have to uh, to go on right now when it comes to crypto. Uh, when it comes to cryptocurrency, because they're unaware of the fucking market and where the market and where the market is going now. Now, this is not financial advice, people, but I feel like I uh, I'm on to what is going to be the uh, next big thing in cryptocurrency. And that is uh, XRP, the cryptocurrency, and Ripple is a company that uh, produces the cryptocurrency XRP. And they take all those problems that Bitcoin created and they fucking solve it. And they're not environmentally uh, damaging and uh, it's really nothing else quite like it. If you, uh, there's this graphic that they have where it's literally like you convert American like literally what their technology does is it intercepts uh, a currency and spits out an, uh, uh, the version of the other currency at that exact time. It does not. You, when, so when I go and buy a cryptocurrency right now, I go on an exchange and I buy uh, if I want to buy some fucking Dogecoin, like I go on uh, uh, Binance. Uh, and I and, and I have to buy the uh, BNB or the BUSD uh, coin, BNUSD coin, and have to uh, trade to a coin and go uh, 
with that coin that's native to the exchange or that the exchange recognizes, then I have to buy another cryptocurrency. It's just a, it's just a step where you can, and in a point of time where you're trading, uh, where you're trading from this coin to that coin to that coin, you can, you can lose thousands of dollars if you're, uh, if, if you're trading, um, a uh, hundred thousand dollars just in uh oh hey hey you had a couple bad uh candles uh go your way and all of a sudden uh you lost uh you know you lost thousands of dollars the technology that's patent that uh xrp uh has is uh solves solves that that problem like so like do essentially i i, I view it as a as a fundamental issue that, that, that Bitcoin is like, uh, it's like using, um, it, it's like using a cassette when, like, uh, when, uh, when fricking Spotify is out, like it, it's that far, it's that far behind. And, uh, the, and I don't feel bad about trashing it a little bit because the Bitcoin maxis have done nothing but trash and think that their way is the best. Your way does not have a future. It is coming up. It is, uh, and I heard somebody say that, uh, uh, that um, okay, like it, the American currency, the American uh, United States dollar is the most environmentally damaging. But that's because it's scaled upwards so much. If you scaled Bitcoin upward to take over the American dollar, the literally the planet would have been destroyed fucking like uh halfway before you got to that point uh end of story and all the bitcoins would have been uh mined be before then so <clears throat> i look at fundamentals i love technicals i love looking at technical analysis but uh at the end of the day i see what has a future and what doesn't and um this is financial advice, not <laughs> got you there, but uh, I would be selling uh, Bitcoin and I would be buying uh, XRP, uh, you know, and the people who um, are Bitcoin maxis, they're the ones who bought late. They're the ones who bought in like fucking 2018 or 2019 after the ship has already sailed. Uh me, I fucking, you know, I miss that ship. I admit that ship is gone. That ship is passed. That ship is not coming back. And I look at, okay, what's the best asset to have ten, for 10 years down the road? And I come to the same conclusion every single time. So this is not financial advice by XRP. This is not financial advice. Sell Bitcoin. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'm completely wrong. But that's what I'm doing. Uh Speaking from somebody who's just new into the market, but has uh, uh, researched insanely before making this decision. Now, okay, for our fellow listeners, we are about to transition into the sports report. That was the TWA2K, the world according to Kyle. That was the world according to Kyle. I will see you all next month, as promised, my once monthly rendition so if you are not interested in uh the sports report then i bid you adieu all right twa 2k sports what the fuck is up everybody
All right. It's uh, it's been quite a uh, month in sports, uh, to say the least. We got a lot to talk about now. There's way too much positive stuff going on to comment about uh, the LeBron thing. Um, I consider that a back burner issue. But uh, don't worry. Don't worry. We'll bring up uh, Days of Our LeBron on another episode. Uh, unfortunately for uh, that topic, there's way too much good going on in the world of sports to uh, pay uh, any mind to uh, that sort of uh, uh, soap opera. Now, man, has this absolutely been everything you could possibly want in in NFL offseason. Uh, last uh, TWA2K Sports, we were talking about the trade that San Francisco made to get into the third spot of the NFL draft. And uh, Pro Football Talk was talking about how Mac Jones was going to be the prospect uh, for the 49ers, which I, uh, which when, um, when the news hit, it was relatively new. So when I was talking about it on the podcast, it was before uh, some of the major outlets got to say their uh, piece on it. And not, what I said was that it was either Fields or Lance. And I felt that San Fran would go with Fields and that uh, Lance would have been the right prospect to take. But lo and behold, San Francisco did end up going with uh, Trey Lance, who I feel like uh, I feel like that was the right uh, pick at the third at, at the third spot, and that he could be the best quarterback in uh, the NFL draft. Now, um, now the the what PFT said was that uh, Mac Jones was going to be the uh, quarterback that the San Francisco 49ers would select, and. Um, I didn't feel like that was going to be the case uh, because now Mac Jones was more uh, because the way they were trying to sell this was that Mac Jones was more pro ready than the other quarterbacks. But San Francisco uh, 49ers, as they're constructed, they're not necessarily a quote win now team end quote. They did not need to win now. They can, they're a, for me, they are a quote win now or win later end quote type of team like they are they can win now or they can win later if they uh if lance does not turn out to be pro ready and needs a couple years to work into the system then that's fine they're still gonna be all right they're not in like cap hell with a with an aging quarterback or a super aging uh skill position player that they're uh their foundation is absolutely built upon. That's not the case right now. So I felt like that uh, just uh, 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 shoehorning Matt Jones into that uh, into that region was uh, not necessarily uh, a great idea when you consider he's uh, uh, the limited mobility. Like, what are you going to trade up that far in the draft and give up that many picks for uh, in order to draft Matt Jones anyway? So. Um, it's interesting to see uh, uh, where um, where that will play out, and, uh, and 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 how and how far that will go, and if they made the right move, Mac Jones, of course, ends up uh, going to New England. Justin Fields ends up going to Chicago. Uh, now that isn't going to be an interesting race. Uh, who's going to win um, the the Rookie of the Year? And also, um, Cincinnati Bengals. 
my team. They're my team. Now, I've been known to switch my favorite teams, but for the last uh, few years, my team has been uh, Cincinnati. Uh, I love high-powered offenses. Um, I love uh, I, I love throwing offenses. I love you, you, I love them ever since the days of fucking uh, Ocho Cinco, TJ Hushmanzada. They've actually got a, a pretty good history. Love their jerseys, etc. Now, I could be I've been a Seahawks fan before. I'll tell you the day that I ended my Seahawks relationship was when Pete Carroll decided not to run the fucking ball and how chucked up the intersection interception. That is when I stopped becoming a Seahawks fan. And, uh, you know, you can't really do anything about it. I'm not a bandwagon jumper, but I am not. um, uh, Let's just say uh, I will find another team if I am not on board with the direction where it is going. Now, uh, a lot of Cincy fans are mad that we did not take Panay Sewell and we instead opted for uh, Jamar Chase from LSU. Now, uh, this has come from someone who I felt like if uh, if it was between Pitts, Chase, and Sewell, I take Pitts first. And I was more of a toss-up between Sewell and Chase. But, I mean, uh, since Pitts got taken by Falcons, the pick earlier... I think that having an elite wide receiver is more of a difference maker than having an elite offensive lineman. The offensive lineman cannot go and catch fucking balls for you. Now, Panay Sewell is an absolute stud, and the Detroit Lions should be super happy with fucking uh, getting him at the pick that they that they got. But I do not mind the Bengals taking uh, Chase because Chase uh, having Chase with um, – Higgins and Boyd and fucking Mixon, um, that that will put you over the top. Having one offensive lineman that's really good will not put you over the top. That will not, uh, you know, that will not give you the best offense in the league. You can, let's just say, the difference between a great wide receiver and a great offensive lineman is uh, this positional value and uh, having a better. A better wide receiver is higher positionally than if you have a uh, great offensive lineman. As great as Penesul would have been, and I would not have been mad at the pick that I don't think like you can really hate on uh, taking Chase and then prioritizing uh, offensive linemen uh, through free agency, through trades, uh, through lower positions in the draft, which they also did, is not uh, is not a terrible thing. And for you for you to think Joe Burrow is gonna uh, die in that situation, I don't I don't think so. I think we can if we have the foundational pieces. The the goal in the draft is not to plug holes. Uh, the goal in t- in the draft is to enhance your skill at positions. And if you have the chance to enhance your skill at a skill position and you end up plugging a hole with the BPA with the best possible available player, I think you're doing a little bit of a disservice to your team. Now where I didn't like the draft is where they uh, in the second round when they traded with new England and picked up two fourth round draft picks uh, and give away their, uh, uh, their early second rounder. Now they had an eye. On, they had an eye on the guy uh, that they ended that they ended up taking the uh, Clemson guy. They had an eye, uh, an eye on that O lineman. So 
if their scouts uh, prove right, then they were right. But did they seriously like him over Walker Little or um, uh, or over uh, Cosme, over Sam Cosme? Did they really like him over that? Because those are the guys that they missed out on. Now, I can kind of understand it if they were super high on this guy, how the similarities between uh, Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence were such that uh, – that uh, the lineman that they took was uh, was the the right guy for them. Then I don't mind that trade, and they picked up two fourth round picks. Ended up uh, ended up uh, getting some uh, D linemen with that pick. Then I kind of I kind of don't I kind of don't mind uh, don't mind what they did. But um, Cincinnati has been known to have spend less money on scouting than other teams, and that uh, if uh, this was just an issue where uh, they missed out if they, uh, Hey, cause me, if this guy doesn't perform to the level that caused me and Walker little performed to, that was a fucking bad, uh, a bad pick. And, uh, but with the rest of the draft, I don't, I don't mind what they did, but, um, you know, trading two fourths for a, uh, for a guy that, uh, when you could have picked a, uh, a pretty top tier, uh, uh, o lineman is is a risk, <laughs> and it, like even if you know he maybe Oakland Raiders liked him and they would have taken him off the board because the projection said that that guy was uh, gonna go uh, in the third, late third or early fourth round. So you could have got him later and picked up two O linemen. You could have got Cosme, and you could have got the Clemson guy. Uh, at the top of the at the top of the first, but instead you took two fourth round two more fourth fourth round picks for that. So we will see what happens. Uh, I hope uh, I hope this is uh, that this is a sign of things to come. A lot of people hate on Cincinnati ownership, but I didn't think that them committing to Andy Dalton was really necessarily the right move. And if they didn't chose to rebuild when they did and sell all those guys like Sanu and Jones, and they wouldn't be in the position they're in right now with Burrow and Higgins and uh, Mixon and all and all these guys ready to uh, make push if they did if they didn't do that. So a lot of people hate them, say they have bad ownership and they have cheap ownership. Well, we'll fucking see what they're going to do right now and if they really have cheap ownership because they really got a guy that is worth building around. So do not judge them when they have fucking uh, – when they have Andy Dalton, limited ceiling Dalton, uh, uh, the Dalton scale was literally fucking <laughs> invented be- because of him to gauge whether your quarterback is above or below average. Uh, for them to not want to build around him isn't the fucking worst thing in the world. So that's uh, so that's what they did. I do not blame the ownership for that. Now we'll see where uh, this goes uh, going forward because that is one badass offense that they got right now and uh burrow and chase i'm fucking excited to see it i'm happy for chase i'm happy for burrow i'm happy for cincy uh i don't think it's the end of the world because they didn't draft Panay sewell let's let's get it who day uh, all day every day now uh going on to other sports uh situations uh, or not other sports but uh other nfl situations this is mostly an nfl update fyi uh man, did you see the uh lead singer from Heart sing the fuck out of the national anthem? Oh my 
God, wow, that was <laughs> that. If you didn't, I would I would go and check it out. Now, Hart was the one that sang "Crazy on You." She sang that, and man, boy, did she sing the fuck out of the national the national anthem. I would go, I would check it out uh, if you have if you have the chance. Now, uh, some. Let's go over some of these picks in the draft. Uh, Miami selecting Jalen Waddle. That was a surprise. Everyone had them pegged for Devontae Smith. Now, the thing is, is that I like I like Waddle, but I mean, you need to have the system for him. Like uh, uh, all these guys that draft uh, these speed uh, speed receivers and speed players, they end up drafting them, and they don't create a system in which they can flourish. Like uh, uh, Andy Reid has the perfect system in which a guy like Jalen Waddle can uh, flourish in. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has the perfect system in which a guy like Jalen Waddle can flourish in. Uh, not many other uh, systems are doing are doing well. Like I feel like uh, Arizona did not use Andy Isabella the right way, and then they come back in uh, at, at Arizona. They come back and they end up drafting uh, another um, uh, a speed guy. Who the fuck did they draft? Let me see. Wait. Uh, who did Arizona draft? Uh, who's the speed guy that they ended up drafting? Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore. So Arizona came back and they drafted Rondale Moore. They have fucking Andy Isabella right there. They haven't been using Andy, Andy Isabella properly. They haven't been using his speed properly. They're keeping fucking... I love me some Larry Fitzgerald, but they need to have Andy Isabella in that slot constantly with the fucking deep threat. Instead, they put him out for two plays a game, and they don't use motion enough, and they don't uh, and they don't uh, uh, try to capitalize off of uh, man coverage and pre-snap reads in uh, in order to scheme uh, Andy Isabella open. It's a very fucking fine line. You need to uh, embrace. Um, uh, pre-snap motion and pre-snap reads and and uh, motioning your slot guys if you're if you want to if, if you want to have these um, you know these uh, fu- uh, sub six foot uh, guys who can run extremely fast you are uh, the thing I hate is talent not being utilized correctly you have to you you have to utilize these guys' talent correctly. And if you do not, then what are you doing drafting them so high? So, like, Raiders with fucking uh, – with Raiders with rugs. Like, you're not running enough schemes in which he, uh, he he's able – you're able to capitalize off his talent, right? So, um, what are some other picks in the first round? Um Mac Jones, uh, Alex Leatherwood to the Raiders was a little bit high, but uh, I, I seen an interview or I heard an interview with uh, Alex Leatherwood. He seemed like a very great quote Raiders guy, a very uh, uh, a very much a character guy. So I'm kind of not surprised by the fact that uh, they drafted him. Najee Harris, I know people are saying that is a reach, but hey. You know, where's the floor for drafting running backs? You want to say running backs don't matter, but uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh's running back situation is not good. Uh, you cannot, you cannot fucking uh, 
run out what you have right now. And uh, if you if you went to if they went to the second round, they would not have their pick of the top three guys. And the top three guys might be the only picks that you can have in the draft. So you have to reach on one. Now, should it be Najee Harris or should it should it have been ETN? Should it have been Javante Williams? Well, they took Najee Harris, and the way I see Pittsburgh is like you know. Jerome Bettis in the bus and fucking when they uh uh went, uh, went Pittsburgh that's a Pittsburgh guy basically <laughs> that, the bus that's the new bus Harris is the new bus and you know that's fine they do not have that in their game right now and I do not mind taking a uh, reach on an RB like that because just because you say running backs the least valuable position it doesn't mean that uh, uh well. In what way are they less valuable? They're less valuable because uh, their shelf life isn't longer, but they're not less valuable because of their impact on the offense. And having a skill position uh, enhanced as a running back uh, is is it, it it overwhelmingly impacts your offense. Having a having a having a guy that can possibly uh, get like three yards minimum, like that. I mean, it's. It's not the be-all, end-all for the Tennessee Titans having Derrick Henry, but it sure doesn't fucking hurt being able to uh, to pick up uh, three yards whenever you know, whenever you can, knowing that you can kick it out to him and have him uh, have him uh, have a minimal minimal positive gain. And I think we're a little bit too quick to uh, jump in that whole um, uh, running backs don't matter camp. Now. Uh, finally, uh, to wrap up the show, the Aaron Rodgers bombshell, how, uh, Aaron Rodgers couldn't help, but, uh, but over, overtake the draft conversation with, uh, with, with his, uh, situation. Now I feel, um, multiple different ways about this. Like, uh, in fantasy leagues, uh, I really liked Jordan Love. I really like the skill, uh, the potential, uh, uh, what he can bring to the table, um, the throws he can make on the run, etc. Um, okay, so I think it's necessary to differentiate between the Aaron Rodgers situation and the Big Ben situation. Uh, Big Ben, his situation when they draft, drafted Mason Rudolph is that Big Ben was on a decline and he was not performing to his abilities. Like, okay, let's just say that the BR69 diet isn't necessarily the TB12 diet and that Ben Roethlisberger has noticeably aged uh, a lot more than uh, Tom Brady and that Tom Brady uh, has really taken care of himself. Uh, unlike in the other situation. And uh, I feel like Mason Rudolph should be starting next year, that uh, Roethlis, that Roethlisberger does not give them a good enough chance to win. And I think that Pittsburgh was right in uh, drafting the future. And they gave him weapons too. They gave Big Ben what. Big Ben has had an absolutely ideal fucking situation and has had a ideal scenario to uh, be able to at least push for a Super Bowl at uh, some point. Now, he came into the league hot like fire, won a couple Super Bowls, but his, his talents have been noticeably on a decline since. And Big Ben at 36 is a lot older than Tom Brady at 42. I'm sorry. And 
so that it's I think it's necessary to differentiate uh, the situation with Big Ben with Aaron Rodgers. Now, the situation with Aaron Rodgers is that Aaron Rodgers is at the peak of his fucking career. Now, uh, I love Jordan Love. But Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's a great project. I think he's a, like he needs to start getting some playing time and that he could potentially be better than half the quarterbacks of the league. But he's just in a situation right now where um, Rodgers is at an absolutely elite level. But Rodgers is at an absolutely elite pay grade. And we're still we're, – it's still murky on whether paying uh, – a quarterback like Mahomes is even going to win Mahomes Super Bowl. So whether that's a uh, too much of a hindrance on the team. Now paying a guy who's uh, like Rogers Mahomes money when he's more limited uh, in what he can do, even though he's really great at throwing, but uh, he's not able to uh, carry a play if it goes uh, 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 on the wayside, like uh, Mahomes can ex- carry and extend plays. If it, we don't even know if uh, Mahomes is worth a Mahomes deal, let alone if Rogers is worth uh, a Mahomes deal. And the reason why Tom Brady is winning Super Bowls out his ass is because he recognizes that he needs that him that him taking less money is helping the team out. And Rodgers is not realizing that. So I'm stuck between that side with Rodgers and the side where, I mean, come on, Green Bay. Like you pat like who like you passed up on uh you passed up on uh these uh potentially elite wide receivers that could have really helped out Rodgers and instead you and instead you take Jordan Love. Well that's saying to Rodgers, you know what that's saying to Rodgers. That that's saying, hey. You know, uh, uh, we want to work. We want to work this guy up, and look at what Rogers was able to do. Now, I do not think that even if Rogers, even if you added Justin Jefferson, let's say, with um, with what's his name, uh, Devontae Adams, even if you had Adams and Justin Jefferson on the same team with Rogers, that it would have prevented that fucking pass rush from absolutely collapsing and falling victim to how can you to to tampa bay uh how can you say that uh adding just a fucking wide receiver would have helped well you have to fucking stake your claim you have to put your foot in the ground and you can't have it both ways either you're either you're saying rogers hey we can't win with you we need the cheap option that has a better upside that uh is going to take the lesser contract or we can win with you Either way, you you can't have it both ways, or you can't stay uh, pot. You can't pay Rogers his egregious salary, take on this new guy, and expect Rogers to be happy when you drafted him, and you could have had these weapons. So you either need to you need to do one thing or the other. You need to cough this cough up Rogers to uh, to Denver, or or sell Jordan Love. And when you made that uh, pick of Jordan Love, that was you with your actions saying that uh, saying that uh, it was more important for you to draft the future than to uh, embrace Rodgers. And whether that was the right or wrong decision, that was a decision that was made. And either you use Jordan Love to get Rodgers a fucking weapon, or the, it's harmful to both Love and Rodgers to have them in the situations that they're in. Love could be developing right now under a system that wants to embrace him instead of uh, being this thorn in the fucking side of Rodgers that pisses him off to fucking get him to the level where you want him to. Yeah, it, 
either thing, both things can't fucking exist in the same in the same timeline. And you can't, uh, you can't, a, you can't expect Rogers not to be pissed, and b, you can't expect uh, uh, Jordan Love to like be cool with fucking uh, riding the pine for the next fucking five five years as uh, a clipboard holder for Aaron Rodgers when he has the potential uh, to be a uh, uh, top quarterback in the NFL. So that, folks, was the world according to Kyle sports edition that's a wrap uh folks you can check me out on your various social media platforms instagram at kyle max 86 twitter at kyleverse facebook at kyle max uh it's been a slice everybody had a blast we'll see you uh on the next episode of wrapping up may we just wrapped up april in a pretty little bag i'm out see everybody have a good one